All right, Chastity, I think we're about to get you on here. Hi. <laughs> well, we finally we finally did it. <laughs> oh my god. Electronics are not our friend today. <laughs> well, I tell you what, doing this technology thing, this program that I'm using, um, called Be Live, you know. It hasn't been the easiest thing to use, but nonetheless, here we are. So let's make the best of it. So thank you. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Perfect. So let me go ahead and introduce you. So I'm Lina Orlando, and I am doing another episode of Align with Lina. And the purpose of these events is for me to introduce ordinary people who, just like me, have undergone an extraordinary spiritual awakening. Now, every one of my guests is in a different level in their journey. Everybody is in a different different place, but we're all making our way back to the truth of who we are. The awakening process is a journey known as the dark night of the soul. And what that means is we are going to be uncovering all of the darkness that has covered up our light. What that means is that we have to question every belief that we have that is not congruent with the truth of who we are. You see, the truth of who we are is that we are these magnificent beings. We are divine beings having a human experience. Every one of us is an expression of the divine creator of all that is. It doesn't matter what we call it. Call it God, call it spirit, source, call it Buddha, call it Bambi. It does not care what we call it because it holds us inside of itself. So it's not concerned that we don't know what it is. It is simply waiting for us to recognize who we are. It knows what it is, but we need to use our free will to make the decision to will ourselves into the freedom of the belief systems that have limited our perception of who we really are. Not only of who we are, but of who everybody is. You see, we have all been conditioned to believe very little of ourselves. We have all been conditioned to believe that we are somehow these puny little humans running around on this planet, surviving, trying to make a life for ourselves. But in reality, we are an expression of the divine. We exist inside of the consciousness of the creator. So the spiritual journey is the process and it takes many, many years. I've been on my journey for 15 years. Now, I can assure you that I know the truth, but I'm still practicing living it. Walking my talk, having that congruency is, is what the journey is all about. And one of the people that has done this work is doing the work is Chastity. And I wanted to invite her so that she and I can have a dialogue about her story in hopes that it will inspire you. Maybe you'll find some common threads in there between her story and yours, her story and my story that can help you on your journey because the purpose of Align with Lina is to help everybody get that this journey happens to ordinary people. It's not just special people. It's the ordinary person. So let me introduce you to Chastity. Chastity, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, tell me, what was your life like before you began the process of the spiritual journey, when you really knew that you were beginning to search for something? Tell, take me to your life before that, and let's set the stage for the audience so they get to know what your life was like before. 
Um, well, I moved to Atlanta around 19 years old. I had just gotten fresh out of a divorce <laughs> from a relationship I had been in for five years. Um, completely lost, just, you know, trying to get out in the world, figure out who I am, where I'm going. Shortly after that, I lost my father in 2014, and um, things got pretty dark at that point. Um, my son was born in 2005, so he was conceived just after my father was, after my father passed, and um, he was born with some medical issues. Mm -hmm. So probably from 2004 until 2011, um, life was just a whirlwind. Yeah. I mean, really, I was in the process of really trying to grow up, be an adult, be a mother, um, you know, figure out life, the house yeah. and the cars and the jobs and, and wherever I'm going next in life. And, um, you know, my dad was my best friend, so I felt pretty lonely. Yeah. So tell me, how did you feel at that time about who you are? Who, who you were at um, that moment. Take me to your mindset at that time. Yeah, I felt lost. I mean, really, like I just, I had no idea who I was. Um, the person who had truly given me my identity was gone. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I was just, I didn't know where to go. Thankfully, um, I had a really amazing teacher in my life at the time. And she was actually my boss. Oh, um, definitely an angel. <laughs> yeah, and they do show up, don't they, at the right and perfect time? Absolutely. So, and um, it was Janie, Janie Lasik. I met her when Parrish was about a year old, and I went to work for her and her husband. And she um, just kind of took me under her wing. It's like I had that that mothering yeah. person in my life that really saw me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and started to listen to some things that I was going through, and she helped me a lot just to see a lot of things I was asleep to. So, um, so tell me a little bit before you talk about things that you were asleep to, and thank you for being so vulnerable because I know this is always a very touching thing. <laughs> And I understand I lost both of my parents and actually it was my mother's passing that that got me to start my spiritual journey. But when you say that you began to see how asleep you were, say a little bit about what was it that Janie was saying or introducing you to that was having you begin to notice that you were asleep. Um, I mean, it's hard to pinpoint just one general thing, but she was helping talk, me realize the patterns. Talk about all of it. It's not just one general yeah. thing. She was helping me to realize the patterns, for one, that I was going through and repeating and repeating and repeating in my life and how I was really um, looking outside of myself yeah. for answers rather than inside. Like I... At that time in my life, I didn't know who I was. I didn't, it's like I didn't know there was a me to look at. Yeah. Everything was outside of me. This person did this. My dad died and left me. My mom, you know, couldn't be a mother and just poor pitiful me yeah. kind of kind of thing. What was, um, what was one of the patterns that Janie helped you see that you were uh, just repeating? 
Uh, <laughs> probably I'd have to go back to my, uh, my childhood with my mother mm-hmm. and, um, a lot of the things that I was projecting onto her or, or accusing her of doing or being or whatever. Um, I was doing myself maybe in a, maybe a different story attached to it, but the yeah. same, you know, the same thing. Definitely. Yeah. And that is that is typical when we begin to to question our patterns. What we begin to see is that we we are projecting out into the world. We're repeating what was taught to us. And yes, it might look slightly different, but it's always going to have the same flavor underneath it all. So give me one of those projections. What was one example? Hmm. Uh Oh, that's, that's kind of hard. I don't know. <laughs> I've got some resistance there. I don't that's, know if I want to. That's okay. Um, if, if there's a resistance, then, then we don't have to go there because <laughs> we are always only ready to reveal whatever is ready to be revealed. And part of this journey is, is an opening. As you know, we're, we're opening ourselves completely. We are opening up our mind. We're questioning our beliefs. We're opening up our heart, our emotions. And, and nobody should go there if they're not ready. So if that's, I think, I'm sorry. I think, um, one of the biggest things that I found was that I was so angry at my mother for not being there for me and for not being able at the time to be a mothering person and take care of me. Um, and at that, at 21, 22, I was experiencing some of that for myself because I didn't go through the party teenage years and, and, live it up or whatever. I grew up really fast. Yeah. So once I hit my divorce at, at 19 or so, and then by the time I had parish, I felt like I had missed that whole part of my life. So in some ways, I, I think I started to fall back into um, what some people go through at 16, 17, 18 years old before they have children, yeah. you know, early in life. So I, I got to see things from a different perspective and understand my mother on a different a much different level and have a great deal of compassion and empathy for her. And, yeah. But that's something what she might have been going through. Yeah. That's, that's something that you gain later on the compassion. How old were you when you had your first child? 22. Okay. So you get out of a divorce and you you're feeling like your mother had not been there to help prepare you. And then all of a sudden you have a child. So all of these things are getting piled on and tell me, describe who were you at that time? What kind of a person were you handling what was going on while you're feeling, you know, your mom's not there and now you have a new baby. Take me to that time in your life and and to the best of your ability. Don't speak so much to what you now know about yourself and and the, the work that you've done, but paint a picture of what was going through your mind? What were your fears? What were your concerns? What were your angers, your, your angst during that time? Um, I was depressed <laughs> and driven. Um, if that's even possible to have well, both at is. the same time. It is. It that is. is how I felt. It is. Um, I'll tell you why those two things happen at once. When we get depressed, when we are ready to go through a transformation, we become driven to move through that, that depression. 
but not everybody's going to be driven to their, during depression because they're not ready for transformation. So it makes perfect yeah. sense. So take me through that, that depression and that, that drive that you had. And, and let's share, we've got a wonderful, nice, big audience here. So let's share with them who was chastity at that time that you were depressed and driven. So I was, I was really depressed and upset about my dad and him not being here. Um, it was hard for me to admit that I was angry at him. Yeah. So that was a struggle um, and held me in that space, I think, for a long, a long time. Um, the drive came from my son. Once we found out he was born with cataracts, um, they told us he could be blind. Yeah. And that was unacceptable. Yeah. So that's where I found my drive. Um, you know, I just... I made that my life, literally. Like that was everything. I just that he was my sole focus. I found all the information I could, um, and just threw myself into that to the point that that's all I was. I was just this mother trying to save her kid, and that gave me purpose. And I lost everything else in my life. Nothing else mattered. Um, I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. Um. Yeah, I was doing good to shower, you know, I mean, I'd take care of him and everything he needed, but, um, I just, I don't know. It was like, I slowly faded away and yeah, but what you're saying though, makes perfect sense because when we're operating asleep, what, what runs our lives primarily is our ego mind and our ego is a, a self-protective mechanism. It's all about survival. So when we're completely unconscious to our divine essence, we're operating strictly from our human primal self. So it becomes all survival about ourselves. So if you are having a hard time with not feeling like your mother's there, well, there's a sense of, of having to protect yourself. And of course, that would make sense that that would add to your depression. And then you lose your father. And now you have a baby. So now the, the survival gets transferred from your survival to your baby's survival. But that's still unconscious behavior because you're operating as if the only thing that can save your son is you, where before right. the only thing that could save you was your mother. So we, we assign responsibility to humans. So take me to when you began to go through that awakening, that how do you begin to realize that there's more to life than just our ego that you began to realize that you could tap into something, you know, that drive, that passion Take me to that place. When, when did that start? How many years after Parrish was born did you begin to, to get curious? Um, 2011. Okay. A friend of mine had just died and um, taken her own life. And another friend in need uh, needed me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we ended up in this class that Janie had introduced me to and, and uh, recommended for me to go to for a long time. And I wouldn't do it for myself. Yeah. I just, I, at that time in my life, I didn't care enough about myself, um, you know, to, to do it, to that's, actually commit to it. That's a really good point because when we're early on on the journey and we begin to get messages from people, suggestions about, courses to go to, books to read, maybe even movies to watch, we tend to be resistant until we're ready. I know because I went through that as well. I had friends who were doing uh, all that they could to expose me 
to things that could have helped me, but I just wasn't ready. So you recognize that you were not ready. You got your little puppy there? I'm sorry. Don't the kids worry. let her out and she got into the candy bag. No worries. She's <laughs> it's precious. Okay. She's part of our divine <laughs> oneness. <laughs> so take us then back to that place. So Janie's making suggestions. You're resisting them. What were some yeah. of the thoughts that you were having uh, that had you justify why you were resisting going? Um, I was strong enough to handle it on my own. I didn't need any help. <laughs> that was it. That's typical. I didn't need any help to to do something like that was to admit weakness. And I get I wanted to give the you have to understand, even though I was feeling all of this and going through all of this stuff, I would never let anybody else know that of at course. the time. It took me a while to get to that place of vulnerability and be able to admit, you know, I'm not doing so good. Um, even the day my dad died, it was, you know, okay, this needs to be handled and that needs to be handled. And I've put on that strong face and I didn't want to show weakness. Is that so, one of your, no, I cry everything. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So was that one of your protective masks? The not going to show any weakness. I've got it under control. Mm -hmm. Very typical, Absolutely. very typical of people when we're unconscious again, because in that survival mode, what begins to happen is that we believe that we have to do it all by ourselves because that's what the ego is, is I'm a separate little self in the middle of this big, bad world. And I got to take care of me. I got to protect me. Okay. So Janie tells you about this event. You're resisting. You don't want to show your weakness. And then what happened with your friend that got you to actually participate and, and share the name of the event? Because I want people to hear about all the wonderful um services and, and teachings and, and programs that are out there. I mean, there are thousands of them. Absolutely. Um, well, the name of the class was Essence of Being. Yeah. And I finally decided to go because I had a friend, as I said, you know, he had just lost his wife and he was going through a really hard time. Um, and we both were. Yeah. At that time, uh, you know, he was he was definitely I didn't know what that was, but he was definitely a mirror for me majorly. Um, so me being the fixer, <laughs> I focused my sights on him and I wanted to go in support of him. Yeah. Um, and it still wouldn't even admit it was for myself at that time, not until the end of the class. Yeah. By the end of that weekend, things were very different. So how so? Tell me how, what made it different? Um, the walls came down. Yeah. I felt I didn't even realize that I was blocking myself from all the things I really wanted so much, which was love and support and just to, to really feel connected. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I wanted more than anything to be connected and loved and supported by the people around me. And, um, I just thought that people weren't given it. I didn't realize that I was, uh, blocking it yeah. and, and, shutting it down and, and not allowing it to come in. So that weekend changed that. It, it Burge is the, the facilitator of the class and um, her, and actually her husband was there helping her that weekend. Yeah. Um, they really set the room and set the pace for, for a whole room to be there just supporting each other and give you yeah an experience that allows you to feel that again. And it's powerful for somebody that's been shut down for as long as I have been. 
It really is. And, and I want to, uh, again, thank you for your vulnerability because you're sharing some very intimate things, but it's, it's in the sharing of how we go through these spiritual awakenings and what we experience that it really makes it so much easier for other people. And like I said, we've got a really big audience. Thank you to everybody who's watching us right now. I really appreciate you being there. And hope that this, what you're hearing Chastity share is, is going to be helpful to you. Um, so one of the things, Chastity, that you were saying is that you attended an Essence of Being workshop. And Burgess is a good friend of mine, as you know. I highly, highly recommend anybody who's watching this to, to look up um, Essence of Being because it is a transformational workshop. It gives us an opportunity to begin to look at those walls that Chastity is talking about that we create. So tell me about those walls. Give me an idea of what some of those walls are so that the audience can, can see if they too have those walls. Um, well, I mean, one was just the wall to connection and, and love, period. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted it and I was asking for it. I thought I was, but I wasn't really letting it in, yeah. period. Um, I thought... I now know I didn't understand this back then, but I thought I didn't deserve it. Yeah. Um, something was wrong with me. I, I always felt like something was wrong with me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a pattern that we pick up as children because that's what begins to form our ego. Our ego is the idea, you know, of course the miracle says it's a tiny mad idea. It really is a crazy, insane idea that we're separate. Just because we have these physical bodies and we see a separate mom, a separate dad, separate siblings, a separate dog, a separate house, you know, we walk from this house to that house. So we believe that we're separate from one another and, and the world kind of gives us evidence of that. When we begin to believe that we're separate, if, if a parent just one time doesn't have time to hold us for whatever reason, we begin to feel like we don't matter, like we're something wrong with us, that we're different. So it makes perfect sense that that was one of your walls because it's actually one of everybody's walls. As a coach now for over 12, almost 12 years, that's always one of the walls that every single person I've worked with has to look at is the I'm not good enough that there's something wrong with me. So what was it like for you to begin to become aware of that wall? And I mean, it's so hard to describe. Um, it was confusing at first yeah. <laughs> and pretty scary, but it felt amazing to finally feel connection again with the people around me and not, um, actually it was a release, like a relief and lighter. I felt a lot lighter. Um, I didn't have to walk around with this, you know, I'm tough. I gotta be strong shell anymore. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that opened the floodgates, too. Exactly. So, Same cry, I mean, I think I cried that whole weekend, <laughs> which was specific to me. Not everybody there had that experience. But I had just been holding things in for so long that I didn't even realize were a problem for me. Well, and, and you were also a mom. So you're discovering things about you that are tapping into your own children because you don't yeah. want your children to grow up with that sense of not belonging, of not being good enough, not being. That was hard. Yeah, exactly. So you're feeling for you and you're feeling for your children. And that was it. As those walls started to come down, um, I realized where some of them come from, some of these beliefs I had running, where they came from, 
and I could see how I was doing the same thing yeah. to my children. Exactly. Um, and trying to hide my pain from them, I was disconnecting and leaving them in the space that I lived in for years. That was hard. That was really hard to face. Yeah, that is always a very difficult thing to face because what we begin to realize, and it's part of what allows us to feel our oneness with one another, because as you began to see how you were doing to your children what you believed your parents were doing to you, that's how we begin to, to break the chain of pain. So now take me to the forgiveness and compassion that, that has to happen for you to be able to release your mother and get your power back and then begin the process of doing the work with your own children. So speak to that time frame and that, that process that you went through. Well, bringing those walls down and then seeing what I was doing, um, it brought a lot of guilt and shame. Yeah. Uh, so I, I kept, I spent years trying to forgive my mother and, and all of that, that, that did it yeah. pretty quickly. That was, that part came easy. Um, what wasn't as easy as forgiving myself. Yes. Speak a little and to that. That's what help. Talk about your process. Yeah. Talk about your process and beginning to forgive yourself because that is one of the quintessential aspects of this spiritual journey. If we don't come back to forgive ourselves, we cannot wake up. We will stay in chasing in being a spiritual seeker and chasing that high of, of, you know, this self-discovery and that high of a workshop, that high yes. of a new book, a new, <laughs> did that know, a few years. yes, a new reading, a new, whatever, a new chant, but speak to that because that's the nitty gritty of the journey. So when you had to go inside and begin that process of self-forgiveness, tell us about that. What was that like for you? What were some of the 